0: Business stuff, I'm ready to jump into um, a unique morning. We don't do this necessarily often, and if you happen to be new with us, I think you're going to be encouraged as well. But this morning, uh, we want to take an opportunity to share uh, about what we believe God wants to do from this place. And when I say from this place, I don't mean the four walls uh, of this church, so to speak, but I mean what does God want to do from this people that He's collecting here? What does it mean? to be a part of this church and what is the vision and direction and the mission that God has given to us uh, to be able to do together as a church family. And we think that's really important for us to know uh, what the vision is and to be able to live that out. What does that look like for us? And so we want to just take some time to invest in what that means and what that looks like. So I'm just going to pray over us uh, and I'm just going to tell you exactly how it's going to go. I'm going to pray over us. Uh, I'm going to share uh, from God's word, how we're going to live on mission together. Uh, and then we're going to, you're going to have an opportunity to hear, by the way, from our elders this morning. These are incredible men of God. I'm so thankful for them. Uh, you're going to hear from them briefly this morning, and then we're going to have an opportunity to, to take communion together as the people of God. You don't even have to be a part of this family. You just got to love Jesus. You can take communion with us here this morning. Uh, and then we're going to finish this time just going after Jesus, worshiping him, lifting up his name. Uh, in song. So um, that's how we're going to do this morning. And uh, so, will you pray with me and just ask for God to illuminate what He wants to illuminate? In fact, right now, uh, Father, that's what I'm asking you to do. In fact, uh, your word says that it takes the Holy Spirit of God to illuminate the Word of God, to make it come alive to us, and to usher us into the calling and destiny that you have on our lives. And even assuredly as I look at every person that's sitting in this place, everyone was designed by you with unique purpose and intent. And I pray, Father, that we would faithfully walk out together as a family and individually your call and mandate on each one of our lives. And so, Lord, would you speak to us? And just even where you're at, would you just have the guts to say, God, would you speak to me this morning? Stir me. Stir me. Move in me, change me, make me like you. We ask God that you do these things for your name's sake and for your glory and for our joy. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to be really brave and bold uh, and, and jump into this with me. You ever, did, did you, growing up, ever have any like big time dreams? Like you had a dream of doing something. I remember the first dream I ever had big dream. I wanted to be an astronaut. That was my dream. And, um, and it just became apparent to me really quickly that if you were going to be an astronaut, you had to be really awesome at math. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out on this thing. There's just no way this is going to happen. Uh, and so my dream shifted at that time. And uh, there was a powerful movie that came out uh, in the mid 80s called The Karate Kid. And so at that point, then I've moved from wanting to be I moved from wanting to be an astronaut to wanting to be a ninja somehow or just do karate. And I, just, I think, I don't know if I had some anger issues. I just wanted to kick stuff really bad. And so that, that was just kind of, that was the next dream. And then I graduated from the karate kid to um, just wanting to play in the NBA. And I, really, I actually had a chance to play in the NBA in my mind. Um, <laughs> but in fact, was too short, too slow, couldn't jump and had coordination issues, and so, um, and so I did play high school ball, and I was a pretty amazing uh, basketball player in high school, um, and if you'd like to talk about that, I'd love to tell you about it, but anyway, um, uh, those were some of the dreams I had. I don't know. Uh, I, here's what I want you to do. Real brave, bold. Anybody have just some crazy dreams that they had when they were growing up, things you had to hope on or wanted to be, just shout it out. Come on. Whoa! Okay, that was all at the same time. All right, we're we're clearly in sync. What was that, Mary? Teacher. School teacher. You want to be a school teacher? I, that's awesome. That's good. I'm nurse. Yeah. You know? oh, oh, you. That's all. You were still helping people, just with the the cuts and the blood. Okay. So, what else? A rancher, girl, a rancher. That's all. That, yeah, a rancher cowgirl in Texas. That's awesome. What else? Rock star. There's. A, this is Nashville. You all want to be rock stars. You move to this city. Because you want to be, I, get, I guarantee half of you. Yes. The man from Snowy River. The man from Snowy River. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I feel like movie night coming for the church. We got to do that. I haven't seen that in forever. That's a good one. A couple more. Work at Disneyland. Yes. And you wanted to be in the hot, sweaty suit, ready to go. And just saying, "I love." we love you kids. Just, that's awesome. So you could be there all day. And you were thinking, I might get to ride the rides. But no, they would crack the whip and make you work. Right, okay, one more. Big one. Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball. that's it. That's it, what? Major League Baseball. Announcer, all right, so still hard job, but still awesome job, right? That would be amazing. I would love... Those, these are all great dreams. But here, the truth of, of dreams is actually the idea of hope. The idea that we, we put our mind towards something, we hope that we might arrive, that we might actually get to a destination, that that there's something in front of us that we want to see and be a part of. And I just want to submit to you, I think Jesus, if you'll allow me this term, I think Jesus had a huge dream. The difference between our dreams to be a Major League Baseball announcer or the man from Snowy River the difference is that any time Jesus declared a hope or a desire, it, it wasn't just like something that he hoped might happen. It, in fact, was a prophetic promise. It was actually a guarantee to happen. And so Jesus expounds on a desire in his heart that goes so much beyond a dream and it goes so much beyond a hope. It actually goes into A declaration for what would happen in the hearts and the lives of all people that would follow him. I want you to see this with me so that you can begin begin to get a glimpse of the hope or the dream or the desire that God has for every person in this room. If you will, grab your Bibles and go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. You're going to need a Bible. We're not going to throw this scripture on the screen. I want you to be able to look at it for yourself. There is a Bible, should be maybe close to the one in front. Oh, they already put it up. Let's take that off. I already said that. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're not going to put this on the screen and then directly disobey. That's awesome. We've got some issues here uh, as a church. So (laughs) communications issues. That's my fault. So uh, I, but I, I want you to look it for yourself. And so on your phone or, or grab a Bible, I, I just want you to be able to read this. Now let me set this up for you. John chapter 17 is the last recorded prayer of Jesus before he goes to the cross. These are his final, except for the words he utters at the cross. These are the, this is the final prayer. This is his final interaction with his father, before he goes to the cross. And in in it, he begins to pray out. He begins to declare exactly to the Father what it is that he desires. And so he prays for himself, and then he prays prays for his disciples, so the, the 12 guys that were walking with him. And then at the end of this prayer, and I kid you not, at the end of this prayer, he prays for you and me. He's actually, he's got you and me in his sights. And I will show you this if you'll go to John 17. We're gonna pick up in verse 20. He's just prayed for his disciples, his followers. And then verse 20, he looks at us. He says, I do not ask for these only. So he's talking about the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that, now everybody say, so that. So that. Okay, that was horrible. Do it again. So that. so that. All right, now you're feeling the weight of this, okay? So he's saying, now I want you to, I'm gonna back up here. He said, I'm not just asking for the disciples, but I'm asking for everyone that will believe. On their word. Now, if you're in this room and you happen to be a follower of Jesus, you're in his sights here. And he says, I'm asking that they would be one, just as you, Father, and I are one, and that they also would be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So here's his purpose. Now, he's declaring his purpose. I want this group of people to come together to be one So that the world around gets a chance to see and know that I'm the real deal, that I'm worth following. Now look at verse 22. It says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Now, there's probably 12 sermons in this one text, all right? But I want you to try to grab the a gravity of this moment where Jesus looks and he says, the glory that you gave me, I'm giving to them. I give it to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world, there it is again, so that the world may know that you sent me and you loved them even as you loved me. Now, pause right here. You understand what Jesus is saying? Here's what I want. I want for them to understand. I want them to be in each other, to want uniquely one and in me and I in them So, for this reason, so that, They would know that the way that you have loved me, you've loved them. Here, This is the divine revelation. Let me tell you, if you want to know what anything in this life is actually about, here's what it is. Jesus is going to the cross, and he's saying, here's what I want. Here's what I'm asking for. And by the way, Jesus never asked for anything that wasn't perfectly in line with his Father's will, Right? Uh, So this is not Jesus going like, please, would you please? No, he's actually declaring what's in God's heart. And he's looking at us in this moment and he says, I want them to know one thing, that they are so radically loved. The same way, Father, you have loved me, I want them to know how loved they are. This is what he's saying. So that, you, that I and them and you and me may become perfect ones, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, verse 24 Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world doesn't know you, he's thinking about all those people that don't know him yet. The world doesn't know you. I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name. Now, pick this right here. I made known to them your name. And I'm going to continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me would be in them and I in them. So here is the purpose of God. Here's the purpose of God. I am going to undo the world with my love. I've made your name known, right? That's what, that's what Jesus did. I came to show you who the Father is. And I'm going to continue making it known. That draws in every one of us, meaning Jesus wasn't done making known. The heart of the Father, He was saying, "This is I'm going to continue to make it known, so that the love that you have had for me would be in them." This is it. This is the totality. If you want to try to sum up the totality of the desire of Jesus as He's facing the cross, here's His declaration: "This is what my people are going to be about receiving." the radical love of God coming together so that the world might also know that I love them, that I'm for them. This is the call, this is the word, this is the declaration for God's people. This is the very purpose and design Of the church is to be people who radically receive the love of God. Come together so that the world might know that same love. That there was purpose and intent. I want you to hear this. The church is not a self-help group. We receive help from God, but that's not what the church is about. Listen, the church is not a personal morality commune where we try to make ourselves clean and better so that everything looks neat on the outside. That's not not what the church is. In fact, all the commands of God, every place where God asks us to obey him, every place, all of that, the point of all of it is operate this way because this is who I am and I want you to know who I am. Every declaration of God, every place where he's asked us to obey him and not to run the other direction or not to fall into places of sin and brokenness and destruction, every ounce of it was because this is who I am and I want you to know me. You understand? This isn't a God from a distance playing the the morality police over our lives. It's a God who is conveying to the world how amazing he is and how radical his love is. This is the meaning of the church is to have this, to hold this, and to share it and give it away. That's what Jesus was doing uh, for three years on the earth. That's what he was authoring for those days after his resurrection and where he comes and he begins to empower people to receive the radical love of God and to begin to give it away. That's what he was about. That's what he was doing. I think so much of the pushback in our culture against the church is because in many ways the church Is out trying to play morality, be the morality police, and trying to tell the world they need to get their act together rather than inviting them to know the one who is able to transform lives. We're trying to uphold a standard that they don't understand because they have not met the one who has radically loved them beyond anything they've ever known or understood. And this is what Jesus wanted to convey. And so the mission of the church, the, the reach, the purpose, the design of the church was to indwell, to have the love of God coursing in us. It's transforming our lives and then helping others see and know and find it. That's, that was the, pr- the purpose of the church. Listen, I'm going say it. Right? Purpose of the church is not to staff the Republican Party. Or the, for the couple of you Democrats in here, the, the Democratic Party or whatever, you know, right? I'm gonna be honest with you. Because I think we often think that the way we're gonna fix society is through political street. And I thank God for, you know, godly people, in fact, uh, uh, you know, saw Bill Lee win the nomination. You know, he, he's got an incredible story, testimony, loves Jesus, and I don't care which politics are, just, I thank God for People who want to love Jesus and want to do politics, that's great. But listen to me. The world will not be transformed by getting our politics lined out. The world will be transformed when they get slammed with the radical love of God. And the vehicle for that is us. It's us. It's the purpose. That's every one of our purposes. The job of the church is to know Jesus And to help others see and know him. And that's why you guys go to school. And that's why you guys go to work. And that's why you guys have jobs. And that's why you have sisters and brothers and parents and kids and all all of it. Every relationship, every office, every sphere is meant for that. Throw that down. The purpose of the church is to help people come into a life-giving relationship with God who then in turn help others do the same thing. That's what this life is about. This is it. That's the point. Therefore, the whole point, or if you've got notes, you can follow along. If you'd like to fill out notes, you can grab your worship guide right there on the back. The whole point of our lives is to know God and to make him known, that's it. This is what this thing is about, right? You can have jobs, you can go on vacations, all those are great things, We thank God for all that stuff. All of it is about knowing him and helping others know him. This is what this whole thing is about. And I'm gonna just maybe put it in more plain terms because Jesus said it with his own words. You and I will not be satisfied in this life Until we are functioning in that purpose, we'll look for a hundred ways for things to make sense to us or to make us feel alive or to make us feel important or to make us feel valid or worthy. There's a thousand, literally, now it's 10,000 pursuits of our lives to try to make us feel something internally. And we'll look through relationships or finances or careers or whatever it is to try to facilitate what we really want to feel inside, which is I was meant for something so much bigger than myself. And this is the answer. This is the purpose. If you can, you can, I don't know if you've actually got this one, Matthew chapter 28. You can throw this one up on the screen. We'll, I'll give you that. We can put that one up there. Matthew 28. Now, I want you to read this, and I want you to read this carefully with me. Uh, If you grew up in church, you've probably heard this before. Now, uh, verse 16. Now, uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, this is amazing to me. This is amazing to me. All right, Jesus Christ, risen son of God. They see him, they're worshipping him. Some still struggling with doubt. So, even as I say, just so you know, even as I say, this is, here, here is our purpose and design in this life. If you are in there going, man, I don't know that I'm good enough, that I've done enough in my life. I don't know that I know enough of the Bible to be able to love, love people and help people. know. If you kind of have that thing inside of you going, I just don't think this is like, I don't think I've got what it takes to do this. Just guess what? You're, just, you're, in, you're a part of this family because these guys, his disciples are still wrestling All right, he's still wrestling with the risen Savior, still wrestling and struggling. He's here, he's, we're worshiping, but I'm struggling with some doubt. I don't know if I can do this. And you know what Jesus says to him, even in the middle of their worship slash doubt, all right? You've probably been been to a church service before where you're like worshiping God, but you're going, I don't know, I'm kind of messed up and I don't know if I should be doing this. You've been there, all right? And he's going, hey, listen, I got something to say to you. Jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me I got it all Have all the authority so what's he going to do with it he goes go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teach them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold I'm with you always to the end of the age so here's you got some group. They're struggling with their identity. They're struggling. They're worshiping, but they're also going, I don't know. I don't know if I get it. I'm still wrestling. I'm struggling. And he goes, hey, get, d- don't worry about it. By the way, I have all the authority, and I'm just giving it to you. Now, if I were looking at Jesus, I would be like, I don't, just as an organizational leader, I don't know if these guys are ready to do this. <laughs> Jesus, I'm just, I'm, just, I, I'm just trying to be a good consultant. Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> if this is the best plan. <clears throat> you clearly could have found some people who have their stuff together way more to do this. And Jesus just going, no, it's not a problem. I actually have all the authority and I'm just gonna give it to them. And I think what he's thinking is this, the world is so messed up, what I actually need are messy people with just enough guts to say, God has loved me with an everlasting love I never deserved and I want you to know about it. My life is so messy. If God can love a mess like me, he can certainly love a mess like you. I think that's what this whole thing was about. It's like, listen, I'm I'm actually not worried about how good or clean or wonderful your life looks. I'm looking for people that are ready to receive that radical love and wanna give it away. And that's what my church is going to be about. So I love it. I, so I, you, do you guys, anybody like Westerns? Like watch, watch good Westerns? No, three, four of us. Okay, that's all right. All right. Everybody's like, no, that's awkward. I, hey, I, I'm telling you, there you go. All right, if Kate loves good Western, then I'm in. I know, all right. I love good Westerns. And a couple of my favorite Westerns, like Tombstone. Yeah, all right. The testosterone is rising in the room. I gonna say it, all right. Tombstone or Young Guns, right? You know, I, you know what I love? Both of these movies have scenes where uh, bad stuff is happening and somebody's got to stop the bad stuff and do the good stuff. And so guys step in and just on the spot, they grab these guys and they deputize them right then and there. It just like, hey, this, all this bad stuff is happening. You guys have really bad training. You probably shouldn't be doing this, but you know what? We're just gonna deputize you right now and let's go do this thing, all right? And they're like, regulators, let's mount up. And it's like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's it, you know? And it's like, uh, this, hey, just God's looking at you. You're just going, hey, regulators. Mount up! I'm the you know, you know Jesus is the marshal. He's ready to deputize you to be an example of the radical love of the Father to the whole world around you. That's it. So that's your purpose. That's that's what this whole thing is about. And I actually wore my boots just because I was feeling like Western this morning. I just like we're doing this. We're all getting deputized this morning, and we're going to go do something. All right. We were meant to radically touch the lives of people is it, it's what our purpose is, is forever. It's what, and, and let me just say this. You won't be alive or satisfied until you're getting that love inside of you, believing it with everything you got. That radical love of the Father that he had for the Son is for us. And then you're helping others see it. There's nothing more life-giving on this planet than you getting to be a conduit of somebody figuring out, oh my gosh, this crazy love of God is for me. Man, when the Lord, you, I always say, I think, that's one, I think one of the most addicting, amazing things on the planet is when you get used by God to touch somebody's life in some way, form, or fashion, no matter how big or how small, when you find out that God can use messes like us to display his goodness and his love, holy cow, it, there's nothing better. That's what you were meant for. It's what we were meant for. It's why we're here. It's, this is the purpose. And so, therefore, or so that, let me just say this, that therefore, or so that, that's what this church was meant to become. New River Fellowship does not have a different call or destiny than Jesus' own words for the church. We're not out to actually do anything. To, in fact, all we were meant to do is embody exactly what Jesus was talking about. That's our purpose. Well, our purpose at this church is to be radically undone by the love of God. Radically undone by the love of God. I'm, I'm praying that the revelation of the radical love of God transforms us in such a way that the people that are not in this room and that do not have life-giving church home and don't know this radical love, that, they're, that they are literally set on fire because of our touch in their lives. That that's our, our purpose. That's what we were meant to do. God, Jesus set this thing in motion with his church, and we were meant to be a part of it. And so here's what I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to you just the, we have four core values that run our church. And I just want to give these to you so you'll know why do we do the things that we do or why do we not do the things that we don't do. And I, I want you to know them. And uh, more specifically, how God's going to manifest uh, this mission in us. So four core values. Uh, First thing is we just want to know God. We want to be faithful just to know Him. We want to know Him. We want others to know Him. Here's what that means to me. That means on Sunday morning we're going to go and we're going to worship authentically. So um, we every time you come into this place, I promise you somebody, whether it's me or somebody's going to be encouraging you and urging you and saying, "Don't waste this moment." come into this place and connect with God. Now, the, the hope, our hope and prayer is that we're doing this all the time, but there's something powerful when the body comes together. This is that Jesus saying, I in them and them in me and them in each other, them uniquely one. I want them to know. I want them to understand it. I, I want them to know who I am. So we're going to worship authentic. We're going to call you into it. And I might ask you to maybe raise your hands, or I might ask you to put your hands out, or we might even ask you to bow down, or we might ask you to pray. We might ask you, but in each and every point, we want you to be undone by the goodness of God. We want to know him. We want to be able to worship authentically and go for true connection. We're going to preach the truth here on Sunday mornings. And so by the grace of God, God's word gets to um, define who we are and where we're going. So. Uh, this isn't the Keith Show or the Preacher Show or any of that. We really want to ask God to, for, for the word to come alive here. And so we're going to preach the word in, in ways and about things that are applicable uh, to uh, this culture that we live in. So we're going to try to reach and we're going to speak into things. In fact, uh, uh, starting, I'll just go ahead and throw this. And if you have, if, I don't know if you have the slide. You can throw this up there. But um, uh, next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new series called Afterlife. Uh, we're going to spend five weeks discovering all your favorite themes, like heaven and hell, um, and uh, d- why why would a good God send people to hell, and does a good God p- send people, to, and and what is heaven, and what is uh, what, all those questions that we often have about th- what happens when we finish. In this life, we're going to go answer those questions. So we're going to get before the truth. And in fact, you may feel resolved in all these things, but I can guarantee you this: you are around people that are not resolved on these issues. And we got to know how to lovingly help people walk and understand these things. So whether you believe it or, or whether you feel good on these issues, I can guarantee you there's a world around us we're meant to love Graciously and lovingly, and so I want—I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be going through that series. So that's what Sunday mornings about. We want to know God here. Second, uh, secondarily, we want to live free. Meaning this: every one of us is one big bag of hurt. Apart from God, we all have parts of our lives that have been messy and yucky, and. God not only takes that, Jesus not only took it on the cross and eradicated it, but he also in doing that opened wide the door for us to begin to step into new life, to live free. We were meant to be free from our yesterdays so we can be free to step into tomorrow. Does that make sense? So we're going to have opportunity for us to deal with the junk of life. So I just, even as I'm just looking at you, just all everybody in here, no perfect people in here, preachers, not perfect in any way, form, or fashion. We all got baggage and stuff from life. Some of us had some horrible upbringings that, that, are in, that uh, cause us to act in certain ways today. And what God wants to do by the power of his word is break off all of the brokenness of this life, and then give us a vision for stepping into what we're supposed to be tomorrow. And so uh, that's what we're gonna do. The way we'll do that is, uh, one, by just loving each other uh, faithfully. And, uh, and, and the, the very practical way we do that is we want you to jump into a small group. You need to be in a small group. You need to be with people that are gonna love you. You're gonna see you on a weekly or other, every other week basis and look at you and go, hey, how's life going? And if it's not so good, can we pray for you? And you know what? I'm having a rough time too. Could you pray for me? And hey, let's see if we can step into something fresh for this next week. And this is how we grow in the things of God. We want to be able to do that. We we want to regularly be coming together to build each other up, to carry each other's burdens, right? You get sick. You need somebody. You know know what happens, and you've been in those places where just something crashes in on you. Maybe it's an ailment or something. You're going, man, I need help, all right? And you can call the preacher man and I can say a good prayer, but I'm telling you what you really need are the people that you've been eating Frito Chili Pie with every other week who know you and love you and you've been sharing banana pudding together. You know what I'm talking about. Once you share banana pudding with somebody, it's real. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, huh, huh? So I'm saying this is what you need is somebody that's gonna come alongside you, love on you and walk with you. And so we want to do that. We think that living free means coming together, being with each other, walking through life, being known, being cared for. All of those things is what God wants to do. We mentioned, I mentioned to you we're launching on September 9th. So you got three, three or four weeks just to get your heart and mind prepped for where we're going. Um, and so I want to thank, and, I, and I, I, I'm excited. We have a couple of new groups starting this semester. And so we're gonna have plenty of opportunity for you to jump into life. This is the time to do that. Um, then thirdly, we we want this place to be a place where you discover your purpose. And I, maybe a, just a, a clean way to, to put that is that you, um, if you're here and living and breathing, you were designed from eternity past. This, what the scripture actually the scripture says is that you you were designed with intent before the world began. And so uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what your uh, background is. It doesn't matter. None of that that changes that you have design and purpose and God wants to use you. And we want to help this be a place where you get to discover what you were made to do. How do we, this grand mission, how do we begin to live that out together? How do we begin to receive the love of God? And then how do we love people? And the truth is, is God's gonna be bringing people, just as sure as I'm looking at, some, some of you have come here just even in the last six months, God is going to be bringing people into this house and we're going to, we wanna learn how we can bless people here, but then how can we also live out purpose outside of this church? And so we wanna help you. And you can put this down, we're gonna be telling you more about this, but uh, September 16th, we're having a, a big opportunity, we're just gonna have a big launch uh, where we come together once a month. We're going to come, we're going to party, we're going to pray, we're going to worship, and then we're going to help equip every one of us to learn how to to, to touch the lives of people. So, so once a month on a Sunday night, we're coming together. They're going to get stirred up and encouraged, and then we're going to go, God, how can I be used? God, how can you use me? We're going to be asking those questions. I'm excited about that. I uh, want you to know about that. We're going to have Family time and we 'll have testimony time and and all kinds of stuff, so we want you to um, to be a part of that. so you can put that down september sixteenth but we 'll be letting you know more about that but it 's an opportunity for us to can, can continue to set our eyes on the mission even as we go, uh, even as we 're moving and then finally, because and after we discover our purpose, we want to make a difference that 's what we want to do we 're going to make a difference here on sunday mornings we 're going to love each other. I just want to say this. Uh, there's so many of the original crew, uh, and I say original crew, people that were here when I came here, a lot of new people around. And just the original crew, would you just grab these new people and love them, just just hug on them and say, hey, we're so, so glad you're here. And you new people that are here, you don't know who's old or new, it doesn't matter, so just start hugging people. Just anybody that you can find (laughs) to say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I don't even know what your story is, but I'm really glad you're here. But either way, whether you've been here a really long time or you find yourself brand new, Here's I know this, that one of the chief ways we're going to make a difference in the lives of people is when people step in the doors, they are feeling the love of God in us. We just want to see it happen. Very practical ways. Just glad you're here. I'm shaking your hand. I'm asking you questions. I'm interested in your life. It's what we want to see. I want to tell you right now, we have a booming kids ministry. We have a booming uh, our, our student ministry is, is growing. The other night, they, they went out and did the, the SOAR. They were doing the high ropes thing. I was amazed at the number of students that were there hanging out. Um, and the truth is, is some of you were meant to impact this generation. You, need to make a, you were meant to make a difference in that generation. And, uh, and, and truth is, we, we need help. With all the kids that are coming now. we have, on average, more than 30 kids showing up here, which uh, is um, you know, almost like a little small church and we're trying to love on them and, and bring them up. I want to encourage you. Some of you, got, some of you are meant to make a difference in the next generation. And some of you are going, man, I cannot do teenagers. But, you know, a four-year-old, I got that. I can do this, all right? And some of you are going, please, please don't put me with anything that poops in itself. And I can't do that. But you know what? I think a sixth grader, I think I can handle this. You know, whatever. But I'm just saying this. I'm, 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 looking, I'm asking you, would you be willing to step into the vision of making a difference in the lives of people? I mean, just even just on Sundays, you have a chance to make a difference in the lives of people. Would you just be willing to pray and ask and think about how you can make a difference? Those, we're, we actually need leadership in these areas just as this church is growing. If your thing is greeting and hospitality, we need help. You know, just help making coffee. Or just even if you like, I'm a behind the scenes person, I'm an introvert. Please don't make me talk to people. I'm telling you, you can make a difference because coffee changes everybody's life. So I'm just, I'm just being honest. So if you, you want to make coffee, make coffee. Uh, you don't have to talk to anybody. You just hot water over the grounds and, and the heaven comes up. And that's all you got to do. But we want to put all kinds of teams together. You can be used. I would say this. There's a place for everybody, every person in here to be used on a Sunday morning to, to impact uh, the world around us. I, I do want to let you know, um, even, just even as I say that, uh, impact on Sunday morning is um, we're gonna be making a few changes. You've already probably seen a few changes. If you've been around for a while, we painted the stage and we uh, we painted the rooms. If you don't have kids, it's very possible you've never gone to the back back there, but we did brand new kids' ministry rooms. Uh, They're painted. They got like boats and murals and all kinds of stuff. If you're just, if you wanna see what's going on, we wanna invite you to go back. I mean, don't be a creeper and look at the kids weird, but just, you know, when you get a chance, (laughs) go back there and, and just... The, the two rooms uh, that, are, that were a part of the original house here have been turned to kids' ministry rooms. The, they're really, really awesome. We have some incredible people serving in that way. Um, and so we're just looking to update. Um, we're gonna be uh, uh, here in early in the fall in, in September, about mid-September, we're gonna be replacing the carpet in here, just updating the carpet. Um, we're actually gonna be putting in chairs uh, in the room. So I know so, some of you people are like, Oh, God is in the pews. If that's you, that's all. Hey, listen, I don't disagree with that. The problem is, is you just can't use pews for much uh, in terms of multi, multi-purpose. And because we're a small facility, we need to be able to use our building for like 50 different things. And chairs just give us the opportunity to be able to do different things. We can make this a banquet hall. We can make this uh, your birthday party room. Whatever you need, we can do it. But with pews, it's like... Uh, this feels awkward if we try to do anything besides sing. So we're gonna just change up the room a little bit so we'll ha- have chairs coming in uh, and do that. We're, I'm not anti-pews, I want you to hear that. I know that God did a lot of good stuff in the season when sitting on really hard wood was a thing. But that's uh, just, we're gonna be moving on past that a little bit. So, but we just wanna let you know there's some updates and things that are happening. And all the, the purpose of all of that is, listen, we're just trying to make a home for people. You know, when, when you step in, you know, how many of you have bought a home in the last three years? This last three years, it's like half the church, right? So you know what you did? You went in and then you were like, but how do I make this like home? And you maybe changed some carpet or maybe you painted something or maybe you just love the green, sh- green shag that was already there and you were like, this totally displays who I am, green shag for you. Whatever it is, you just made it ready for people to come to love them and to make them welcome and accept it, feel accepted. That's what we're going to do. We're looking forward to uh, that here. That's all Sunday morning. Church, we got a whole nother level where we get to go out and impact this community. And just in the days ahead, especially in this fall, we're looking for opportunities to put some things together where we can go do together. So uh, mission projects that we can be a part of together to impact this community, to start loving people and saying we're for you, we're for Franklin, we're for Spring Hill, we are for Middle Tennessee, and we're going to be together, we're going to be doing things out. Maybe we might host things here. We have a few things that we're going to be putting online we'll be letting you know about. But then also we just want to encourage and empower you. Some of you guys are teachers, and some of you guys are uh, business owners, and you have employees and you have people that you work with and we wanna be encouraging you, but we're gonna reach out and we wanna resource you here with how you can make a difference in every community you're a part of because I know it's gonna be life-giving. So here's what I wanna do. We're gonna take a couple minutes. I want uh, our elders just to come up and just share a few words with you. And if you haven't met them before, you're gonna meet these guys. You guys go, go ahead and come on up. Um, for, would you help me welcome Kent Phillips and Bob Stout just up here as they come? <laughs> Make sure. Let me grab that. Do we have the handheld? Yeah, thanks. Uh, these guys have been uh, amazing, not just amazing leaders, but I'd say, um, I could say this personally, they've been amazing friends uh, to me uh, personally, but um, I know obviously to many of you who, especially those of you who have been around this church for some time, they have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Jesus inside of them. And uh, I get a chance to get with them. Our elders meet every, as many Wednesdays as we can. We meet every Wednesday uh, in, order to, um, uh, in order to come together to pray for this church and to talk through the things that God wants to do. And so I've just asked them to take a couple minutes and just share with you out of their heart, and then uh, we're going to take communion. We're going to worship, and we'll be done. So Kent, would you share?
1: Thanks for doing the warm-up. Now we get down to the preaching. thank you he gave me a minute and 15 seconds so i've got to kind of cram things in i just want to say in god's view of the church you are important that's not a superficial statement it's part of the design of god that's why i'm not in charge of sound systems even though i've got a big enough voice i really don't need this but You are important in the plan of God. First Corinthians chapter twelve talks about all the different members of the body. You know that weird part that says one of you is a is a tongue, one of you is a nose, one of you is an ear. You're not the same. We're not supposed to be the same. We are uniquely crafted by God, as the pastor said before the foundation of the world, to be something in particular. And some of us is just more particular than others. But you and I are important an important part of what God is doing here. As, as Keith said, there's a massive puzzle that God is putting together made up of many local churches throughout the world. And we're one piece, in each of us one piece in that puzzle. We may not think we're very important, but if you, if you watch my wife when she's trying to build her interesting jigsaw puzzle with four, five, 600 pieces in it, she's frustrated as all get out if she's lost a piece. And you know What? You're important for the peace that God's placed here for you to be. There's a place for you. There's a function for you. 1 Corinthians 12 says we're different parts, but we're all unified in one body. Now, that's the mystery of God. How can so many different people with various backgrounds, various levels of brokenness, various levels of maturity, various types of giftedness, how can that become one? It's like the mystery of marriage. How do the two become one? I'm not talking about the physical part. That's pretty obvious. But the heart part is what's the amazing thing. that It takes a miracle of God for two people to become one person in the spirit, in the heart. And that's what God does with the body. He puts us together and makes us one. Unity is very important. That means I've got to know you. I need to understand you. I need to fit into who you are and help you fit into who I am, and help you to be what God has created you to be. Again, we're, now we're talking about the discipleship and the maturity part. We've got to grow into what God wants us to be. That's why we need each other. There is a body, and that body is the body of Christ, meaning Christ's representation on planet Earth. That's what we're here to do. We're out, that's how we're going to help people and t- touch people and bring them to Jesus and help them to have the same thing we did, a discipling experience that helps them mature and become all that Christ eternally wanted them to be. I mean, it, look, it took Jesus three and a half years to work on 12. Trust me, he was doing more than just preaching the gospel. He was working on those guys 24-7. Why? Because he had to prepare them. For what? They didn't even know. They didn't understand. So he tells them before he leaves, he says, by the way, this is what I've been doing for three and a half years getting you ready. And I'm going to send you out. I'm going to deputize you, to use pastor's words. I'm going to deputize you and send you out. And the Lord has a process by which he is shaping and forming and maturing us, helping us overcome our baggage and our brokenness. Because why? He doesn't want a better Kent. Kent's, Kent's a loss. What he wants is Christ in Kent, Christ in you, Christ in each of us who becomes the child of God and the sons of the Most High God, representing God Himself. Therefore, we have become the conduit for Him to flow through us. But it's going to happen as a team. That's why we need each other. That's what we're about. Everything we're talking about, He's been talking about this morning, is, is us working together become one. And there is a plan in place. God downloads the plan, little piece at a time, to the leadership, and we try to share it. And then the Holy Spirit burst it within you said, you know what? I can be a part of this. I belong here. There's a place in this rather complex puzzle for me. Whether I understand the overall, the overall puzzle or not is not important. What is important is that I know what God wants me to do, and I simply obey Him to do it. Amen? I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, a minute and 23 seconds.
2: <laughs> Ken's the preacher. I'm the more practical Well, good morning, and um, again, great to have the opportunity just to chat for a couple minutes, and I have to say that, you know, it's been quite a journey for Kent and I over the last couple of years. We became elders about the time we became a, a pastorless church, and uh, while there were certainly some difficult days, there's been an awful lot of joy as we've gotten to know so many of you on a much more intimate level, and uh, and I can't say enough about how much we love and appreciate Keith and, and Megan and their family and, and Jeremy and Crystal and their family and just all of you that have stepped up and stepped in, uh, so many of you that are new, that are serving. It's such a, a blessing to see you and, and to see you find your place. And, and that's part of, a big part of my heart is I want to help everybody in the church find their place. You know, we're, as Ken said, we're all unique. We're all called with different giftings and different purpose. Uh, and I feel like as, as shepherding elders, that's a big part of our responsibility is, is to help each of you. And to that end, you know, we're always available. Our our phone numbers, our email addresses are published, whether in the bulletin or on the website, and you're free to, to reach out to us at, at any time uh, for any reason. So know that the we're always available. Our doors always open, so to speak, and we'd love to to be able to connect with you. One of the things I wanted to touch on briefly that uh, I've been able to to be part of since being at New River is is uh, the part part that Keith's talked about, about going out and, and touching others, uh, being an influence. And I just wanted to share briefly the things that we do as a church that many of you that are new may not be aware of. One of the things we do is we tithe on the tithe. So we take 10% of uh, of what comes into the church, and we, we send that back out uh, through supporting a group of ministries and also through our benevolence activities. But uh, we support Grace Works, which is based here in Franklin. They work in Williamson County. They serve literally tens of thousands of families a year with everything from emergency food supplies, rent, utility bills, et cetera. They're just a beautiful expression of the church. Uh, in this community, and there are I don't know 50 or 60 churches probably that that sew into them regularly, including us. We also support Family Affair Ministries, which works in East Nashville. Uh, they work with some of the the literally the poorest of the poor, providing basic needs. But most importantly, working with the children, which are the next generation that can break that cycle of crime and poverty that so many of them have grown up in. Uh, We also support Caleb Company, which we have lots of Caleb Company folks uh, that are are part of New River, and we're so appreciative of the work they do, both in kind of carrying the torch of educating the church as to the role of Israel and the importance of Israel in God's plan, but also working with uh, Messianic Jews in Israel and providing support and encouragement to them um, we're also operating around the world through uh, the Blessing Sisters, Bria, Lindsay, and Krista, many of you know. We've supported them for many years. They're in Ukraine. Uh, just a, a tremendous uh, young women that are having a tremendous impact in that region. Uh, last year, we sent Kyle Aaron, uh, one of our own, uh, as a missionary to uh, Japan and Tokyo, uh, and we're grateful to, to have been able to do that. And then finally, we, we uh, support Restore Haiti, which Raynald Yordy that many of you know, is the chairman of the board. Uh, we've had a long history with Restore Haiti. They uh, support over 1,000 children now in Haiti uh, that are, because of their support, they're able to go to school to get a meal, uh, you know, five days a week. Uh, again, changing uh, the future of a nation by impacting this generation of, of young people. So those are some of the things we're already doing. As Keith said, we'll be uh, providing some additional opportunities for those of you to serve uh, here both locally as well as as uh, in some mission opportunities as well. So with that, I just wanted to leave it, leave it with you with um, just kind of one final thought, and that is that, you know, all of us, are here to provide... uh, Sorry, I somehow turned my flashlight on. (laughs) Uh, As Kent said, not necessarily the sharpest elders when it comes to technology. But But I I wanted to leave it... I was reflecting, uh, you know, all of us. We're all ordinary people. Um, But I want to give you the context for that. If you read Acts chapter 3... Uh, John and Paul, I believe, were called before the Sanhedrin, and they were, they were in trouble because they were, uh, they were healing, they were teaching uh, Jesus had been resurrected, so the religious leaders were pretty upset. But when they were called to testify, the Scripture says that the, the leaders realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, but they were doing amazing things because they walked with Jesus. And, and that's what I want to see for each of us is I want the legacy we leave to be people to just look and go, wow, you know, they're really, that's an ordinary person. But look at what they've done because they walk with Jesus. So that's my hope for, for each of us and for each of you. Thank you so much. God bless. That's
0: good. You guys say thank you to those guys for just sharing their heart. And, so. Uh, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on back up. Um, um, that was so good. Thank you, men, for sharing. And, uh, and I just want to say this. Um, I believe this church will not only affect the city and this state, but we're, we're meant to touch the uttermost parts of the earth. We're meant to touch the globe because,
1: please hear this.